Good day, special people. Imagine Zuma was a Christian. Would South Africa look any different? How would his supporters have behaved this past week? Welcome to this podcast today as I discuss these questions and many more. I hope that you'll enjoy it. You are tuned into Fishing for Men with Mac. Mac is me. And in this podcast, I talk about all the issues related to worldviews, our world and what is happening in it from a faith perspective. It is the 14th of July already. Can you believe it? I'm here in Durban, South Africa, in the heart of the unrest and looting that has taken place over the last couple of days. COVID seems to have faded into insignificance with this looting taking place. Wherever you are listening from, I hope you are safe. If you're not in South Africa, you're at a good place. If you're not in KZN, you're in a good place. Uh, as I'm sitting here, I can see out of my window the N3 highway. The last three days, I've never seen it this quiet. It's the busiest highway in South Africa. It is absolutely quiet. There are almost no cars. On Sunday, we were on the beach in Umtualume. Sorry, that was on Monday uh, when we were evacuated due to a mob that was approaching then and that was going to loot the town and they didn't want anybody on the beach for in case there was some form of violence shopping malls have been looted uh, some of you have seen the videos uh, one of the big malls close to us watercrest mall they literally stole everything all the shops have been burgled broken into except uh, bargain books <laughs> hope they just uh, i wish they would just break in there and steal some books that could teach them some wisdom anyways uh, some of the uh, malls have been burnt down farms have been burnt down uh, some of the community members have taken matters into their own hands they've shot some of these looters uh, we took a, a chance driving home from Tualumi the other day and um, the roads were full of debris luckily we could get here safely uh, apparently just after we made it through um, some of the, the places we passed through were blocked up again by people. Um, it's been wonderful to see uh, some people standing on the bridges with their cars and their weapons. We've, we've seen some communities being blocked off with cars and people standing, people of the community standing there with weapons trying to protect the neighborhoods. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I know where we went. I saw any police people. Uh, nowhere I saw any army members, even though Ramaphosa said on Monday night that he was going to deploy the army. Um, now, for those of you who are not from South Africa, let me just briefly in a nutshell explain why South Africa is in this mess. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. I'm sure you can see the international news. I see CNN has said some things about this. I, I know that uh, down under news has spread about this. Now, let me explain that just briefly, and maybe for those who are in South Africa who are not aware, who is not aware of what's cutting, let me just give a brief uh, introduction to it, and, and then I'm going to uh, talk about Zuma and just ask the question, what if this man was a Christian? And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, conclude with some important stuff, and I'd really like you to hang in until the conclusion, because there's some important things I'd like to say at the end, especially regarding how we as, uh, how Christians should be treating this scenario. Okay, so... Uh, Jacob Zuma, Zuma, he was the president of South Africa from 2009 to 2018. Now, he, this, this guy first made his international head, well, appearance or he made international headlines in 2005 where he was accused of raping the daughter of a friend of his who was HIV positive. 
um, during that time, during the trial, he made this shocking statement that um, in order to get rid of the possibility of being infected with HIV, he went and he took a shower. And that's the thing that, that, that put Jacob Zuma on the mat map the guy who thought that you could you could avoid or cure AIDS, AIDS by taking a shower and what's just so shocking about that story is that he actually slept with his with his friend's daughter even though she was married very strange now um so so that immediately placed zuma in the full corner for most civilized and moral people of south africa i remember when i heard that story i thought this guy's a nut job i mean this guy's just you know he's just typical new south africa um and every story about him from then on was about corruption or some scandal. Uh, there was Shabir Sheikh with the uh, he was found guilty of the the arms deal, and they were mates. We 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 could we couldn't actually believe it when this guy became president of South Africa in 2009 with so many corruption charges hanging over his head, and they dropped those charges in 2009. I mean, here's a guy who's going to lead the country. But he, he sleeps with other people's wives and claims that you could get rid of AIDS by just uh, taking a shower. His best friends are corrupt and he becomes the president of South Africa. Anyways, the next time he made international uh, noteworthy news was when he built his homestead in Nkantla with taxpayer money. The media made jokes about the big swimming pool that he had, etc., etc. Um, but it was something like 240 million rand 240 million rand taxpayers money that he used and there was a big uh, there, there was a big political drive you know for him to pay back the money uh, he paid back i think just over 8 million rand that he borrowed from the vbs bank which is another story on its own and life went on for him again until the Zuma must fall campaign when his own party, the ANC, started turning against him. His corruption had cost the country too much. There was a lot of pressure from, from other um, parties in the country. Um, his morality had, had been too shocking. And so in 2018, he resigned. Um, well, he was basically forced to resign or receive a vote of no confidence and be fired. And so he resigned, even though he didn't. He said publicly he doesn't agree with his own ANC party. You see, this is the thing about Zuma. He never admits he's wrong. Now, not, not long after that, the Zondu Commission was established to investigate and prosecute all corruption that had taken place um, during his tenure here in South Africa. And uh, Zuma was on top of that list. Um, he had cost, and this is interesting, Zuma had cost South Africa about $83 billion during his tenure year as president in South Africa. $83 billion he had squandered of South Africa's economy. Um, and then there was the Gupta state capture stories. Long story short, Zuma appeared once at the uh, uh, Zondu Commission and then never again. And then he started playing the victim. Everybody's against him. The, the guys who are uh, taking him on, Zondu, is against him. Uh, a number of court cases developed that some he appeared and others he didn't. All the evidence was against him. He is guilty. Ladies and gentlemen, he is guilty. But he tried everything in his power to avoid justice. Through clever lawyers, he delayed the case through whichever means he could. Getting new lawyers uh, was one of the... the one of the strategies he used, because if you get a new lawyer, the new lawyer has to 
study the case and get up to date with everything. And so you'd often change lawyers to just avoid um, being charged or, or the court case to continue. Um, at another point, he said, no, his health isn't good. And when he could do nothing anymore, he simply didn't arrive at court. He just ignored. The matter was taken to the Constitutional Court that sentenced him to 15 months imprisonment for contempt of court. At first, he appealed, but the appeal was rejected. And then a few days ago, he handed himself over to the police station in escort. Um, and it was this, the fact that he's now behind bars, that led his supporters to go and take on the country and to squander and loot and burn down everything in their way. They were doing just like their leader had done. Their leader had looted the country of $83 billion and eventually was forced into prison. They felt he's, him being in prison is wrong because um, he wasn't given a fair trial. But the reason why he wasn't given a trial is because he never arrived at the trial. Okay, so um, they chose to do what he had done for the and it's so interesting the man who looted the country for nine years for more than that the man who looted the country and was corrupt and fraudulent um is 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 being protected by people who loot and country and, and loot the country just again it's just so interesting anyways and so there were voice notes sent out uh, we were warned i'm gonna give play you one voice note that was sent over whatsapp uh, as to what would transpire on Monday. Here it is. Sir, Bruce, let me warn you. Monday, Monday, no movement. If you want to still see the next day, which is Tuesday, don't move on a Monday. It's happening. Anything, anything that's going to be moving on a Monday, my friend, you're going to see yourself. So please, pass the message to your family that's going to be going to work. There is no more jobs. You can't go to work. You can't go nowhere else. Stay at home. If you're not joining the strike, just stay with the posse. Stay home. Because Monday, everything is going to be blocked, guys. I'm telling you now. So please, 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 I'm pleading to you always. On a Monday, nothing moves. Okay, that is quite intense. That is quite straightforward. The idea was we're gonna they're gonna bring South Africa to a standstill until Zuma is released from prison. That was sort of the um, idea. Anyways, uh, it soon uh, lifted from that. Now, for people who don't live in South Africa will not understand the type of criminality that happens here when when you have um, mobs and riots and things. The, the, Af the African guys are different. The African guys, especially those who are not well educated, they, they just go berserk. They, they, then it turned into a, a, a you know, a stealing um, maniac, whatever you want to call it. It's just people went crazy and they stole and took whatever they could for themselves. Uh, you know, thousands of people would march into malls and just take over. So, so the whole, the whole just sort of strike, uh, closing off the roads and things turned into burning trucks, burning down businesses, um, taking, looting, um, stealing. Um, and so it was an opportunity for, for the criminals of the masses to come and just steal. Um, 
at this moment, people like me, we're very angry. In actual fact, I think I'm past the anger. Um, our, our economy is already weak. This country has been brought down on its knees by COVID. Zuma has brought this country to its knees before COVID because of his corruption. And now his cronies, they come into um, civilized places and they just take and loot. Some of these businesses will never recover. Uh, I'm just so glad I'm not in insurance. I've, it's, it's hectic. It, it will take a long time for the wreck to be recovered. People have lost their livelihoods. Businesses have been closed probably permanently. It will take a long time before we will have fuel again. As I'm sitting here in my car, standing outside, I've got no fuel in my car. I can't get fuel anywhere. Um, fuel companies spoke to a, a guy who owns a big fuel company. He said he can't, he can't uh, send his trucks on the road because they'll burn his trucks. Uh, there's, there's a lack of food. And so what we expect is going to happen. The shops don't have food anymore. The trucks that transport the food have been... Uh, burnt down, um, what's going to happen is that the poor people of this country, they're eventually going to really go without food, where the wealthier people will still be able to make a plan because they've got money. And then what's going to happen, the poor people are probably going to start coming for the wealthier folk of society, uh, entering their homes and looting their homes, just like they've done with the um, with some of the businesses and what are the people going to do who who is who are better off they probably have weapons and so they're going to protect their property and there's going to be a type of conflict that we don't want to see in this country so it's a, just a bad situation no fuel no food um i just thankful a few weeks ago i went hunting so we've got lots of meat in the fridge but not everybody out there is is blessed with that and all of this is happening just all of this is happening because of a corrupt criminal that refused justice and his criminal followers followed in his steps and robbed the people of this nation. And so we're tempted to become racists because this is a Zulu thing. The Zulus see Zuma as like sort of their king and their hero. They think it's amazing that he could have been corrupt like this. We are tempted to seek opportunity to respond and to take revenge. Now, in my conclusion, I'll give some important tips on how we as Christians should view the current situation in a nutshell. But before I get there, what would things have looked like if Zuma was a Christian? What would things have looked like if Zuma was a Christian? And when I say the word Christian, I'm, I'm saying a real, real disciple. I'm not just saying somebody who goes to church or somebody who calls himself a Christian. I'm saying a real disciple, a follower of Jesus. What if Zuma was a person like that. So here's a few things that came to my mind. Number one, you would have you would have had one wife. Only one wife. Okay? Zuma has been married six times. And he has 21 children. He has sort of a tribe of his own. Now, you might be asking the question, okay, but how does that affect us? How does that affect anything in the country? Well, more wives and more children means that you need more money. More, more wives, more children means you need more money. It also means you have a larger family. And that means that you've got a larger set of contacts. His marriages, therefore, was also the stimulating factor for his huge Nkandla dwelling that he wanted to build. His, his tribe dwelling. They each, each one of his wives had to have their own house for their children. They probably have flats and houses for their own grandchildren as well. If, now, if he only had one wife... He would never have been tempted to spend so much on building a, a whole housing complex and robbing the people of this country for it. 
Also, since his family is so big, there is the added complexity in arranging special privileges for his family members when it comes to huge tenders in the business world. Now, if his family was smaller, there would never there would have been fewer corruption issues related to his family. So if he just had if he was a Christian, he would have one wife. And it would have made his life so much simpler. Secondly, he would have spent money on the poor instead of his own house or own endeavors. Let's say the minimum wage in South Africa is 4,000 Rand per month. Zuma squandered an estimated 1 trillion Rand during his nine-year term as president. 4,000 Rand divided by 1 trillion is 250 million there are about 17 million families in South Africa. We currently have a 30, 32% unemployment rate in South Africa. Therefore, there are about 5.2 million families without any income. So if we divide the 250 million, 4,000 rand salaries and divide it with the 5.2 million families, it means that the money Zuma squandered on himself and his own little family could have fed 5.2 million families for more than four years. Four years and two months to be exact. And I find it staggering that the poorest people of our country support him and go loot for him even though he has robbed them senseless for nine years. Let that sink in. If Zuma was a real disciple of Christ, he would not have stolen money from the economy of this country. He would have spent money uh, from the economy of this country to feed the poor of whom we have many. Thirdly, he would have made better friends. Shabir Sheikh was a con artist here from Durban who falsified his qualifications and achievements. He was given a 15-year term for fraud and corruption in prison. He was Zuma's best friend. The Gupta family has been a great focus related to Zuma. In fact, some people call them the Zuptas. Apparently, some of the family are on the most wanted list here in South Africa. Zuma has a track record of being surrounded with criminals. Paul told the Corinthians that bad company corrupts good character. Zuma, if you want to go figure out where all your problems come from, or some of your problems, just go look at who your friends were. If Zuma knew God, he would have chosen better friends. Perhaps he would have been more interested in attending something like a Mighty Men conference or befriending a man like Angus Bachan or whichever person you'd like to, to choose that, that walks a, a path with God. Lastly, he would have never been in danger of AIDS. Well, that's not lastly. He would have never been in danger of AIDS if he took fornication seriously. And if he took adultery seriously and never did things like that, he would never have slept with another man's wife that had AIDS. The news would never have reached TV. He would have never been humiliated internationally. He would never have been mocked internationally because of his, his endeavors. People would not have doubted him being a president before he became one. With his one wife, he would have been an inspiration to all of us. Another point, he would have confessed and repented. Never has Zuma shown any shame for what he had done. Never has he confessed his wrongdoing. When things went his way, he claimed it was God supporting him. And when things didn't go his way, he claimed it was dark plots of people against him. Zuma has been incapable of shame. He can't take it on the chin. A mark of a true disciple of Jesus is to admit it when you are wrong and to take the punishment with pride when you have done something else, someone else wrong. To this very moment, as Zuma sits in jail, he plays the victim. Oh, he's there unfair. Oh, he feels amazing that thousands of people are rioting outside for him. It, it, it just strengthens his victimhood. Oh, he's in prison because he's been wronged. 
even though he stole 83 billion rand from the economy of South Africa. Now, imagine from the beginning, Zuma was honest. Imagine just for a moment he was an honest man. Yes, he would have been jailed. If he took it on the chin and said, you know what? I made a mistake during the days of, of Shabir Sheikh, you know. Yes, I made a mistake with the Guptas, you know. I did. I did sell out the country. Um, it is true. You know what would have happened? He would have been jailed. But probably not even as long as Shabir. You know, we would have honored him for doing the right thing. But you know what? At this time, he would have been out and free. With peace in his heart. Ready to enjoy the rest of his life with his family. He's 79 years old. He doesn't have many years left. He's almost 80. Okay? So he would have, he would have had some peaceful days now. But now in the final days of his life, he will sit in prison without his family. Without his nkantla. Without his lovely residence in his big swimming pool. And without money. In total shame. And lastly, if Zuma was a Christian, he would have been a great president. He would have been a great president. The country would have been better off than it is today. Thousands of people would not have left this beautiful country. They would have not have immigrated. The skills that have left this country would have stayed here. The economy would have been strong. And rational and reasonable people would have loved him and supported him. Being a disciple of Jesus always pays off. Now, let me give us some just four take-homes take at this time, man. Some lessons that Zuma teach us that I want us to remember. Firstly, sin will take you further than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you intended to stay, and cost you more than you intended to pay. That's what sin will do to you. You get away with it and you think it's not going to cost you anything. It's going to cost you a lot. Zuma has been, he's been having these, these challenges and these accusations against his name for the last 20 years you know they say if you don't want anybody to throw sticks at you don't let any sticks lie around and Zuma is just surrounded by sticks lying everywhere the sticks of his sin that people are pointing at and unfortunately there are people in this country who's who support him regardless of the sticks lying around I want to read you secondly my second point what happens in the end is what matters I want to read to you Psalm 73. It, it just resonated with me when we talk about Zuma. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. And so the psalmist is trying to say, okay, it's going to go well with me if I've got a pure heart. But as for me, he says, my feet had almost slipped. I'd nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Many people have looked at Zuma and seen his wealth over the years. His own people. The Zulus have looked at him and said, wow, you're a great man because of all your wealth. You're wealthy. You're healthy. You've got this mansion. Little knowing that all of that was stolen stuff. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. Zuma is 79 years old and he's, he's strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They, they clothe themselves with violence. That's Zuma for you. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven. And this is literally what Zuma does. He says that he's been blessed. His health is, and, and wealth is because of God. So their mouths lay claim to heaven. And their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore their people turn to them. 
and drink up waters in abundance. You see, all all his people turns to him. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? You know, it's cost this country millions of rands to try and figure out what happened with all the scandals and corruption. The evidence is there that something happened. Oh, but Zuma refuses to talk and to come out with the truth. But heaven knows. And I wonder, I wish I could talk to Zuma and ask him, Dude, do you, do you actually, do you think that God doesn't know? He knows about everything you've done. And you will be held accountable for every saint that you've stolen. That is what the wicked are like. Always carefree. They increase in wealth. Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure. In vain I've washed my hands in innocence. All day long I've been plagued. I've been punished every morning. And so what the psalmist is saying. Why do I keep my heart pure? If corrupt people like this can survive, be healthy and be wealthy. If I had said I'll speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. Listen to this. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Wow. This is nothing new, ladies and gentlemen. To all of us who are struggling with this, with, with the Zuma not receiving justice and these mobsters not receiving justice, let me tell you this. Enter the sanctuary of God and then you will understand. In other words, come into the presence of God and then you will understand that every evildoer, every looter, every thief, every corrupt person, every fraudulent person will be held accountable by God in the end. There's no way you can escape all this. Surely you have placed them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. These guys are all on slippery ground and we've got to make sure that we don't walk on slippery ground. I was also reminded of 1 Timothy chapter 6 where Paul writes to old Timothy and tells him to be very careful to teach people to not love money. Listen to this and you will see you'll see scripture come alive in Zuma's life. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Zuma was never content. Zuma was never godly. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Zuma will take no money with him. Even his name that he will leave behind will be remembered forever as corrupt. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. There are people under Zuma's leadership who don't have food. They've got less food and clothing because of him. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. That's where Zuma is now. Ruin and destruction for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And now old Zuma sits in prison with many griefs. Nobody gets away with anything except those in Christ. 
What do I mean by that? If you're in Christ, there's forgiveness for your sins if you live a repentant life. And if you've made a mess, it doesn't matter how big your corruption or your fraud has been. Whatever it is that you've done, it's forgiven. It's wiped out by the God of heaven because of the grace of Christ and the sacrifice of grace of, of Christ on the cross. But a man that is outside of Christ and who does what he wants, squanders, hurts people as a leader of the country that leads to deaths. Many people have died this week because of him. Many people have gone without food because of him. Many people are in fear because of him. And we think that he's not going to pay for that. Oh, he's definitely going to pay for that. So how do we deal with this current looting situation in broad strokes? I'd like to encourage you with the following three ideas. Number one, don't avenge or repay. Leave that to God. Don't avenge or repay. Leave that to God. Don't retaliate. I mean, I've, I, I am so angry. I've, I've imagined in my mind's eye how I pick up a gun and shoot people. If, if, if I, I imagine I'm standing in front of a shopping mall and people just running in. I, I imagine shooting them in the kneecaps. That's how I feel. We are angry. We want to shoot and kill. Let me tell you this. God can do a better job than we can. Let them take the, this, that stove. Let them take that fridge. Um, you know, let them, let them, and you will see. You will see what will happen to their lives. You'll watch and you'll see what will happen in the communities where they live, where those stolen goods are hanging around. Number two, don't participate in any of this thievery. We've got a lady staying just down the hill from us here and she phoned people that we know and said that she's, through affirmative action, she's acquired a fridge. She was dropped off later here close to our house from a bucky that was filled with uh, some goods. And it's only one thing, could only mean one thing, that she was part of these looters. And, you know, her child plays with my child. And I've got to be honest with you, this is highly, highly disappointing. People, uh, our neighbors are part of these looters who go and just rob other people, destroy businesses. Let me tell you this. Everything that is stolen is cursed. Everything that is stolen is cursed. And people have made some posts on Facebook. Some of these people are already trying to sell TVs on Facebook. There was a situation where a person advertised a TV for sale. And the person who owns the shop then commented and said, This TV belongs to me. It was stolen from my shop. Let me tell you this. If something has been stolen, there's no way that the blessings... And the honor and the protection of God can rest on that house. I don't want to sleep in that house where stolen goods are. That has taken away the livelihood of other people. That have grabbed food out of the house where children need to eat. If you didn't get it through honest means, it will never be a blessing to you. And so some people have been tempted to participate in the looting. Some people have been tempted to buy stuff online. Through the looting, stay far away from all of those items. Yes, it's a material thing, but let me tell you this. The blessing of God doesn't rest on those things. And thirdly, don't worry about it ending. I know that we are very concerned. You know, we would like it to end now. Some horrible things have happened. People have been have died in their, their shacks while it was set alight um, out in, in response from community members. And, you know, uh, we should be condemning that but if you are in Christ and you know the Bible 
You've read how God had treated the Babylonians. You've read how God had treated the Canaanites, how God treated the Philistines. Then you would know that if you've prayed about it, you've got to leave this to God. He will end it at exactly the right time. A text that was shared by us, by our, our wonderful ministers, you know, it was just so powerful. You know, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And so at this time, let's do that. Don't trust in your rifle, trust in the God whom you serve. And a lot of us are scared. Some people are leaving um, Durban just so that they could be in a safer place. And that is fine. Do what you have to do. Do what you can do. But at the end of the day, trust God. Trust God. It might look like things are out of control, but let me tell you this. It isn't. Not in God's world. Nothing's out of control in God's world. If people are looting, God is allowing this to happen. He could stop it at any given time. He could have stopped his son being crucified. His son could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world just before he got crucified. But why did Jesus go through the cross? Because God had a bigger plan. The salvation of many people. Eternal life for millions of people. Eternal life for you and me. And so at the end of the day, when God allows suffering and allows pain to happen, there's a divine purpose. There's a divine purpose. And that divine purpose is not always good for everybody. His divine purpose is often of that where the, the wicked and the evil will be destroyed, will be caught out in their sin, and will pave their way to eternal destruction. But for the righteous who trust in God, there will be salvation, there will be safety, and there will be prosperity, and there will be eternal life. May the situation force us down on our knees and just bring us closer to the creator of heaven and earth. And I hope that you will develop a peace that transcends all understanding as you throw and, and you petition your concerns in front of the feet of the mighty God of heaven. May God bless you and keep you safe during this time. Um, love you lots. Bye.